Shall we be standing? I ask that you would repeat after me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Now may the Lord add a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the doers of his word. We may be seated. We are thankful to the God of heaven for just being alive, for just being well, being able to be present this morning among the people of God for the worship of the Lord God Almighty. God is better to us than we can be to ourselves. God is our greatest teacher. He is the greatest parent, our greatest protection. God with the blessings of life that even sometimes we don't even know that we are in need of. Adam needed a wife but he didn't know that he needed a wife. God gave him what he needed. And when he sinned against God, he blamed God for the very blessing that God had put in his life. You know, sometimes we are like that. God gives us blessings in our lives, and we treat them like they are curses in our lives. God knows exactly what you need. He knows what I need before we even can comprehend it. It's just a blessing to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's a blessing to be walking on the ground this morning. It's a blessing to be able to breathe on your own this morning. Life is precious. <clears throat> Life is brief. Life is frail. The Bible says it's like a vapor. It's here today and then it's gone tomorrow. You say, I just saw her last night. I spoke to him yesterday. You're here today, but you're, you're gone tomorrow. We're thankful to our brethren for the service that they have rendered to God thus far. All the song leaders, all the prayers, all those who have been working prior to the service even started, the Bible classes on this morning. And if you are not in these Bible classes, you are missing, you are missing out. And so we encourage you, parents, not only bring your children, but bring yourselves. Because when you bring self, you can bring your children. And so your children need Bible study. Your children need Bible study. Your children need Bible study. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to catch that. You know, sometimes it takes a little while. They need to be in Bible study. They need to have the Word of God implemented in their lives while they're young. Do it while they're young. Don't wait till your children become adults. Do it while they're young. Train them up in the way you should go. 
train up a child. The Bible says that for a reason. Don't train an adult. He's already, he's already fashioned and shaped. You train up a child while the concrete of his life is still wet. If you don't mind, be finding Job 14. Y'all doing all right this morning? Job 14. Job 14. And look at verse number one. Job 14. The Bible says, man that is born of a woman is of few days a fool and full of trouble. Is that in your Bible? Man is but of few days. And the Bible says, full of trouble. Be finding Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 4. Let's start at verse 1, then we'll jump to verse 4. To everything... There is a season, is that in your Bible, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Verse 4 says, a time to weep, time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. Did you hear that, Sister Brock? A time to dance. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject that I have titled Moments in Life. Moments in Life. We all have moments in life. We all have our moments in life. Some of our moments are greater than others. Some of our moments are deeper than others. But we all have our moments. And I want to make mention that there is nothing wrong with having moments. There's nothing wrong with you weeping. There's nothing wrong with you grieving. There's nothing wrong with you Morning. There's nothing wrong with you feeling sorrowful. There's nothing wrong with you going through your what? Moments. So as we deal with moments in life, I want you to personalize this lesson, this sermon, this title to your own life, to your personal life, your personal family, your personal marriage, your personal household, your personal congregation as we deal with this thing here. I was, I was watching something not long ago and I heard a guy interviewing another guy and the guy, Mike Tyson, and he was interviewing Mike and he told Mike, asked a question right he says, Mike, he says, what is your greatest beatdown in life? Whether it be in the ring or out of the ring. And uh, I was waiting for Tyson to, to talk about maybe it was Evander Holyfield. Maybe it was the second time he fought Holyfield. Maybe it was when he was early on in his boxing career. But Tyson didn't say that. Matter of fact, he didn't even mention the ring. He said that his greatest beatdown in life 
was when he lost his four-year-old daughter. He said that his daughter was messing around, playing around the treadmill. And he said she didn't know how to operate the treadmill, and she messed around and got caught up on the treadmill, and Tyson said that he lost his four-year-old daughter. The fellow who was interviewing Tyson, he says, how did you get over uh, that tragedy in your life? And I like what Tyson said. Tyson says, I haven't. He says, I haven't. And he said it twice. Tyson says, I tried to make her happy. And y'all know, of course, those who are dead don't know what happened. Just work with me this morning. Tyson says, I, I try to make her happy. And he says, I try to be positive. Why is it in life that when we face tragedies in our lives, crises, or we lose relationships, or we lose people that are near and dear to us in life, why is it in life that people just want you to get past something like that and just get over your sorrows, get over your grief, get over your moments, get over your hurts, get over your pain? Why is it that we put pressure on people and give them a timeline and say, well, she or he should have gotten over by now, but the Bible says, blessed them that are mourner, for they shall be comforted. Matter of fact, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, the Bible says there, it is better to go to the house of mourning than it is to go to the house of mirth. In other words, Solomon is telling us it is better for us sit our behinds in a funeral home than to be sitting down at a festival somewhere else. We put we put time frames on people. Uh, a child who loses his mother because the father might not properly understand. He tells him, son, you should, you should have gotten over your mother by now. Somebody who, who loses their spouse and a child might not fully understand and say, dad, you should have got over mom by now. How you gonna put a time? How you gonna put a how you going to put a time frame on people when they lost somebody who is near and dear to them? You know, I don't want to get over everything. <laughs> I don't want to get over every death that I have experienced in life. I don't just want to get past those individuals. I don't want to get past those moments. I, every once in a while, have your moments. Every once in a while, cry in your moments. Every once in a while, go deep in thought about the person that you lost or the relationship that you lost or whatever it might be in life every once in a while you should have your moments I think it's good for the for the soul I don't think you just need to get over everything 
I think you ought to keep some feelings, and I'm not saying you shouldn't get better, but what I'm saying is I don't just want to get over it. In other words, I just forget. I don't want to forget. That's point number one. I don't, don't, don't forget. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want people to forget me. Now, I know some will, amen, and some will be glad that I'm gone, but, but I don't want people to forget me, especially the people that are closest. Now, if you're my enemy, I don't care if you forget me or not. If you're a hater, I don't care if you hate me or not. But to the folk that are closest to me, it should make a difference in your life while you live, that when you're gone, uh, that every once in a while when your birthday come around. Somebody says the 24th of September. Vilsa's birthday. I, every, they should at least cry one tear out the left eye. Hello, somebody. I don't want to get over everything. Certain things in life should be precious. Your relationship with your mom should be precious. Relationship with your spouse ought to be personal. And can't nobody tell you how long to be able to grieve. If you want to grieve the entire period of your life, then grieve on. But allow your grief to make you better and not make you worse. You ought to remind yourself. You ought to remember certain things. And every once in a while, you ought to reminisce about the good old days. Oh, yeah. What are the good old days, Brother Viltz? The days I've spent with my friends and my family members who love me and I love them, those are the good old days. Anytime you can have a good time with the people you love, those are the good old days. And that's the days you should never forget. And the people that you have been with, your ups and your down with, those are the people you always should never, don't forget. Don't forget. So point one, don't you, don't you forget. Point number two, we, we got to face reality. We got to face realities in life. Fellow was captured in overseas. He was a prisoner of war. And he and some others were, were captured and uh, he tells his story. And I don't know if you ever listened to the stories of those who have been captured in prisoner by another country. And I was at Bragg, and they chose our platoon to uh, be trainers in a POW camp. And there are a number of things that takes place in that camp that they tell you you, you can't even mention outside of the premise of the camp and after the POW training. But I tell you, if prison of war is worse than what we saw, then you don't never want to be a prisoner of war. The torture that goes on. The fellow says he was a survivor of, P, of the prison of war, and he, he talks about 
the first people who died. He said the first people who died are were the, the optimist, the person who felt and had feelings of optimistic. They, they died first, he said. And the reason why they died first is because they were optimistic. He said they, they, they really believed in their heart that somebody was going to come and somebody was going to rescue them. Every day they expected somebody to come and to rescue them and that they could be released. He said they died first. He said they died because of a broken heart. He said, but myself and others who are still here today and who survived prison of war he says we made it because we were realist he said we face our reality he said we told ourselves that hey we might die here we may never see home again we may never make it out of here this might be the place that we die and he says we we face our reality and you know in life you have to learn how to face reality. If you're going to make it anywhere, if you're going to become better, if you're going to reach your full potential, you have to learn how to face your reality. And he says, you know, I coupled reality with hope. He said that was that small chance that our country would come and rescue us. He said, but at the same time, we understood that this had become our reality. You know God has a way of putting you on your knees. God, God has a way of putting you on your knees. God has a way of putting you on your back. And, 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 and that God that you should have been talking to all your life, God will put you on your knees and the God that you didn't believe in is the God that you're now talking to. God will put you on your back sometime because when you should have been looking up towards the heaven for your guidance and your direction and you've been doing everything else but serving the Lord, uh, he'll put you on your back uh, and all day and all night, all you got to do is look up in the place you should have been looking up before. God has a way of being God. He has a way of showing us that he is God. We have to learn how to face our realities and I'm reminded Jesus how when he came to the, the town of Mary and Martha you know he he grieved that he was touched by by the loss of Lazarus and he was touched by the loss of, of the people who lost their relationship with Lazarus if Jesus can sorrow and grief and weep then you and I can do the same you know Jesus faced this reality in the garden of Gethsemane you know he came in the garden, you know, wanting God to, if you don't mind, let's see if there's another way. But then he, he faced his reality. The Bible says, again, Jesus wept in John 11 with Lazarus, right? And then in Matthew, he comes, and he's weeping again in the garden. And he's weeping there because he's facing his reality. And I need you to know all of us, everybody who lives, will have to face reality. Now, you might not accept your reality, but you're going to have to come face to face with your reality. And when we face our reality, we need to hold hope 
hide. Jesus was in Gethsemane, and he was there facing his reality, but not only did he face his reality, he held hope high. He knew that the Father was going to raise him up again on the third appointed morning. But, but just because we know what the future holds, uh, y'all, the present sometimes will bring pain inside of our lives. So we got to face our realities. Point number three, as I come to a close, storms. 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 We we don't we don't we don't like storms, but 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 point number one, don't don't you forget. Point two, face your your realities. And then point number three, there are there are storms. We don't like storms. Right? Anybody like a storm, just raise your hand and then just volunteer for, for a storm. <laughs> He, he raised his hand up. He said, he said, bring it on. Bring it on. Amen. Bring it on. And that's children for you. They're so innocent. They're so honest. Storms. We don't like storms. <laughs> but mama quickly put his hands down, though. Don't volunteer us for nothing. But we must go through storms. You know, there are, there are all kinds of storms. Physical storms, <laughs> health storms. Well, life would be good if we didn't have any storms, right? There are relational storms. There are, there are social storms. There are financial storms. There are personal and there are emotional storms. But we must face our storms. As Job said, man is born of a woman and is few days full of trouble. And like Solomon says, for everything there is a season, whether it be good or whether it be bad. But all storms that you face are not there to disturb you. There are some storms that are there to clear the path for you. I don't know where you are today. I don't know where you are physically. I don't know where you are mentally. I don't know where you are emotionally. I, I don't even know where you stand financially. I don't know where you are socially. I don't know where you are relationally in your life today. But this one thing that I do know, that both you and I, but a look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. I may not know where you are. But I do know that we better keep looking towards the heaven because God is in control. I don't know where you are, but I do know this. You better be ready when Jesus comes back again. I don't know the future, but I'm glad I know who holds the future in his hands. I don't know tomorrow, but thank God I know a man who is already in tomorrow. I don't know tomorrow, but I'm not concerned about tomorrow because tomorrow, the Bible says, will take care of itself. I don't need to bring more trouble into my life, and today it's not done yet. Uh, I have enough to deal with today than to be concerned about on tomorrow. Oh, but I'm glad Jesus is already in tomorrow. I'm glad he's already in control of my tomorrows. 
I may not know where all the doors of success might be. But I'm sure thankful that God, that I got a shepherd who leads me. I'm thankful I got a shepherd who feeds me. I'm thankful I got a shepherd who protects me. I don't know where you are, but I'm thankful for my shepherd on this morning. I'm thankful for my shepherd as the psalmist says uh, that the shepherd will bring me in pastures of green, uh, lively grass. Uh, I don't know where you are today, but thank God I got a shepherd who will bring me in green pastures. I don't know where you are today, but I'm thankful I got a shepherd who will bring me the still waters. In the midst of my trouble, in the midst of my storm, God will bring me to still waters. When everything around me is shaking and everything around me is falling and everything around me is breaking into pieces, God will steal me on the inside. I don't know where you are today, but I'm glad I got a shepherd who will lead me in the paths of righteousness not because of me, but because of himself. I'm so glad today that I got a shepherd who will lead me through life's deep, dark, dangerous valleys of life. Though I may not know what a shepherd is bringing me, I don't need to worry what this shepherd is bringing me. Because wherever this shepherd leads, I will follow. That's the song. Where he leaves me, I will follow. The shepherd brings me through a deep, dark valley. I will follow. The shepherd might bring me over a mountaintop too hard for me to climb. I will follow. Wherever my shepherd leads, I will trust him. I will depend on him. I will rely on him. I will stand close to him. I will walk hand in hand with Jesus until he calls me on in. He will lead me to a prepared table. <laughs> so my haters and my enemies uh, can see God's uh, goodness and his mercy stretch out uh, all over me, under me, and around me. God will lead me. I'm glad for my shepherd. He will lead me to an olive press so the oil of God can run down my soul, run down my spirit, so it can soothe me from life's aches, life's pains, and life's worries. You know, church, my shepherd, my shepherd, is he your shepherd? <laughs> my shepherd, he will lead me to a cup woo, of overflowing. The cup that he has for me, my shepherd, will lead me to a cup overflowing with his grace, overflowing up with his love. Overflow I wish I had a church up in here. Overflowing up with his mercy. My shepherd will give me a cup overflowing up with his peace. My shepherd will give me a cup overflowing uh, with his personal care like a personal R.A.N. Uh, my shepherd will give me a cup overflowing uh, with his kindness, his power, and his forgiveness with his presence all over my life. My shepherd, 
he will lead me <laughs> to two sure things, goodness and mercy. Follow me all the days of my life. When you're young and you're a child of God, God said it'll follow you. When you get in your middle age, God said it will follow you. When you get old and can't do what you used to do, God said it'll follow you. Two sure things uh, that's coming. Uh, goodness and mercy. Preacher, what is goodness? Uh, goodness is the kindness of God. What is mercy? Mercy is the love of God. It's the acts of God. The acts of kindness. The acts of love. My shepherd will lead me to a cup overflowing with his grace, mercy, and his love, and his protection. My shepherd who will lead me to his house. Oh, I wish I had a church up in here. My shepherd will lead me to his house. The psalmist says, and I will dwell. The psalmist says, I will dwell in the house. <laughs> My shepherd will lead me to his house that I can dwell not around it, not near it, not close to it, but I want to dwell in. Take me to the house of God. My shepherd will lead me to his house so I can dwell in the house of the Lord forever when I cannot dwell in the house down here take me to the house not made with hands up in the heavens in glory that I might be with the Lord God Almighty the Bible says when you're absent from the body you are present with Jesus had his moment went there to Lazarus. He went to the town of Mary and Martha. He already knew his friend was dead, but it still touched him. He had his moment in the city of Mary and Martha. Then he goes to Gethsemane. He has his moments when he needs his closest friends to stand to pray with him. They fell asleep on him. Don't be hard on your friends. They love you. <laughs> They're just human. Some of y'all gonna catch that when one of your friends cross you. They love you. Yeah. They really do. They're just human. They love Jesus. But they were human. When they should have been praying with him, they were fast asleep. They were only human. When somebody that you call your friend cross you, don't, don't, don't get up and say, I don't want you to be my friend no more. Don't you, don't you allow what happened to you to change and come out of your character? Mm -mm, mm -mm. Don't, 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 no, no, they're just human. They love you. <laughs> Jesus had his moment. And then he had his moment on the cross. Matthew 27, he cried out 
my God, my God, why? Why? Now that's Jesus asking God, why? Y'all miss your shout. Folks say, don't ask why. Jesus says, why? He said, why has thou forsaken me? I know why you might forsake somebody else, but why you forsake me? Yeah. He had his moment on the cross. He cried. At Lazarus' dead, he cried. At Gethsemane, and he cried out to God, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I want you to know the father forsook his son. If I had the time, if I had the time, I would tell you why we got so much trouble in our young black men today is because the fathers have forsaken their sons. I don't have the time to do it, but I, they've forsaken their sons. Jesus might have been forsaken for just a tad bit of while, but God didn't fail him. Because on the third appointed morning, he got him up again. And he got up with all power. Y'all, come on, y'all. You just got to wait a little while. Sometimes you just got to wait a little while. Huh? You just got to walk low. Just, you think folk doing you wrong, just wait a little while. And watch God just raise you back up. You got to walk low. You got to be humble. Watch God elevate you. Watch God lift you up. But you got to wait a little while. Jesus was in the ground three days. And God says, it's time to get up now. When God says it's time to get up, everything got to get on out the way. Whether they want to <laughs> or not. Moments in life. You had a moment lately? You had a moment lately? You had a moment. God is so good. So good. If you're not a child of God, you come by hearing his word, believing the same, repenting of your sins, confessing Christ, putting them on in water baptism. We'll baptize you today. Why wait? Why wait? We'll baptize you into Christ, into the church of Christ. You'll become a member of the Lord's family. You'll be born again. All your sins would have been forgiven. You'll start your journey with your shepherd. And he'll lead you from earth to the grave, to judgment, all the way to glory. But we can spend eternity with God forever. If you're a child of God, you haven't been doing it right. You, you, you haven't been living right. You, you, haven't, been, you haven't had the fate. You, you, you haven't been talking right. You haven't been thinking right. You haven't been acting right. You've been slipping. You, you, you fell off. Now it's time to get back on track. Because tomorrow is not promise. And nobody got no guarantee on tomorrow. This is all you got. And you might not have this evening. This is your choice. It's your opportunity. Our song leader is going to come. We're going to sing. And let's sing somebody into doing the right thing on this morning as we encourage each other. As together we stand, together we sing. Why don't you come? Why don't you come?